This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara and I are here today to do book chat number two, which we now are debating whether we should call it monthly book chat or put it put numbers on it so we'll we'll see how we continue to go what do you think tara um yeah i'm torn i like the idea of doing it monthly like starting off each month with highlighting a few each of us highlighting a few books that we read the month before so in that case it's a monthly book chat but i like the numbering uh setup as well so that's yeah. no help at all yeah, no, it's okay because I'm kind of anal retentive about things. And as a librarian, you know, we like to number things. And yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm doing. So, but anyway, so I'm going to let you actually start out and tell us okay. what you have read since the last time we chatted. Um, what's been good for you? Okay, I'm going to, since last month was October, I am bringing a spooky book to the uh, show today. And that is the final support, uh, final girl support group by Grady Hendricks, which I think I've mentioned to you. Did, did I not? Yeah, I or think so, I, yeah. Yeah, so Grady Hendricks is an American horror writer. And here's a little synopsis of the book. So in horror movies, the final girl is the one who is left standing when the credits roll. And one of our main characters, Lynette, survived a massacre 22 years ago, and it has defined every day of her life ever since. Ever since. For the past decade or so, she has been meeting with five other women who are also final girls in a support group with a therapist. So the show, the book starts with that. And we, uh, one of the support, one of the women, excuse, sorry, uh, one of the women goes missing. And it comes to light that someone knows about their group and is trying to pick them off one by uh, one. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's, it's I, I hate saying this, but I, I find horror books really fun to read, which is I I feel weird saying that. Well, but do you get scared ever? Um I do, but not as scared as I do watching a movie or a show. Like I can read a horror book and for the most part put it aside and then go to sleep. You know, I mean, there are a few wow. that I haven't been able to at nighttime. They'll stay with me. But for the most part, they do. But if I watch something visually, I annoy everyone because I am one of those screamers, like a jump scream or something. <laughs> I am just like, what? Like, uh, it's ridiculous how. And that stuff stays with me. So the visually, I'm a bigger chicken. I can read better than I can watch. And it's funny because what I, yeah, what I do if, I mean, I haven't read anything scary in quite a while, but if I do, I literally have to put my hand over the page that I'm reading and like move my hand down one line at a time. I'm dead serious. I like, I get so scared because otherwise my eyes will jump forward Yeah, and I might see something that I don't, I want to be surprised. And so I don't want to know before I get there where I'm going. Isn't that weird? So that yeah, is, but you'll still read it, even if it's scaring you. It, absolutely, but it's like my, but I can't. I I think what it is is I can't get my eyes to not jump ahead. 
like they'll I like you know even peripherally I'll sort yeah. of see where it's headed and then it can kind of wreck it for me so I literally just scan my hand and I always do that with last page at the end of the book yeah. like the last page I have my hand going down the thing because otherwise I'll jump to the very end and I don't want to know till I get to the end what it is it's just weird okay I'm doing a little sidetrack question here for you will you ever <laughs> and then I'll get back to the Grady Hendrix too but okay. have you have you ever skipped ahead in a book? Like just to like skim? Nope. Never. Can't never. do it. Nope. Can't nope. do it. And I've never, nope. I've never been a person who looks at the end to see, you know, to make sure the ending is going to be what I want. So yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm literally line by line. I won't jump ahead. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I used to be that way. Mm -hmm. I now skim sometimes. Like I don't Ooh. skim the book, but I will flip ahead. Wow. I know. I can't believe I do this either, Rebecca. It only started a couple years ago, <laughs> but I will flip ahead. Sometimes I don't even know why, but I think sometimes I'm so anxious to get to a point yeah. that I'm, I can't skip and not read, but I have to know. So I will skip and go and look and then be like, okay, the character is still there. Back I go. And it doesn't, and it doesn't ruin the story in any way for you to know no. that little bit ahead. Wow. Okay. No. That's Which cool. I, I, I think that's insane. I think I'm a crazy person for doing this. No, I was going to say, I'll bet you a lot of people do that. I think yeah. they do. I think I have a feeling because, I mean, I've heard people talk about stuff like that before. And I think I'm more the oddball that I, I mean, seriously, I'm scanning like line by line. Okay. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of people, they do want to know and they'll jump ahead. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's right. I'm going to put it out there for any listeners. Yeah. Let us know. Send us like a little DM on Instagram or. Mm -hmm. um, if, I don't know if we have our email address. I don't know. But DM Instagram for sure. Yeah. And let us know what you do because I'm uh, fascinated by that too. Me too. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead yeah. and get back to okay. Grady then. So then getting back to Grady, <laughs> Grady Hendrix. So this is, it's a fun book. It's a little bit scary. It's like, a, it's a little bit like a slasher movie in that sense. A little bit of a serial killer thing going on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What I really like about Grady Hendrix books is because he is a male writer is that of all I think I've read four of his books now and the main characters are always female and he writes great female characters oh that's cool like they're strong kick-ass characters and he uh tends to like kind of uh, take down the patriarchy I'm going to say a little bit in with with his characters and mm -hmm holds the patriarchy to task and it's a uh, it's wonderful to see for a male writer actually now is he a canadian writer or no american okay yeah i can't remember what state okay he is from he is a i went to go and find a little bio to read or bring you guys some information but if you go to his website uh www.grady so g r a d y hendrix.com he has a little bio, but it is a crazy, it's long and it is crazy. Like it's, I can't even tell you what it is. So I'm like, oh, it's far too entertaining. Like you have to read it instead of me reading it oh, on cool. the show. So Ooh, I, I look, yeah. yeah, I look forward to checking him out. That's really, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I should say, um, I have my, my mom just moved in with me. There was some life changes going on in my household mm -hmm. and stuff. And my mom just moved in. So I was telling Tara, 
I can actually start to read some scary books now because if I live alone, I get too scared. But if there's somebody in the house (laughs) other than a dog, I'm I'm cool. So I'm actually going to... You've got a well. The first thing I want to read is that Stephen was it Stephen Graham's Jones. Oh, Graham Stephen Graham Jones. Jones. Yes, yeah. And that what's the one about the last Indian or something? Uh, like can't think of the title. Good of it. Indian is it? Good Indian. Oh my goodness, something I can't remember either. Well, anyway, that that's book. a good one. And Everyone then this know, is yeah. this one's in, uh, really cool too. I also liked that he so these group of six women are all the one thing they have in common is that they are all final girls. But he shows how being a final girl has um, affected each one of them. Like Lynette, mm-hmm. the main character, lives in complete isolation in her apartment and only comes out for these monthly support groups. Another woman built like a summer camp where kids can go and live through their, tra- or you know, not live through their trauma. That's That would be horrible. Um, deal with their trauma and also makes money for the rest of this final girls by having a um, film series, a movie series that made a huge amount of money. So it's really interesting. I really like that too, that All right. aspect of it. All right. That's a yep. great, I think that's a great first choice. So yeah. Thank you. Moving you're on. Welcome. Yes, you're welcome. So <laughs> I don't know if you've ever said it, you might've said this, but some of our guests have said, I'm going to kind of cheat. So yes. I am going to kind of cheat with my first one. Okay. But over the past month, I've read two of the Nora Watts books, yes. the Nora Watts series, and Tara actually introduced me to Nora Watts, which the series is written by Sheena Kamal, and I, you actually told me about this even before you were doing our doing the podcast. It yeah. was even before that, yeah. and so I went and purchased the three books, and then I discovered as I was reading them that there is a novella that is so cute. If you look at Goodreads, it has number one is the lost ones. Number 1.5, which is the novella is in the grip of it. Number two is it all falls down and three is no going back. And so I had read the first book, absolutely loved it, blew my mind, absolutely loved it. And then I didn't want to start, I didn't want to read the next books in the series yet because I thought, no, I like to, there's only four of them. So I want to, you know, take my time. Then I went ahead and purchased the novella uh, as an ebook. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to read the num- book number two. Yeah. So I finished that. So now I only have book number three left and I'm kind of bummed. I know. But yeah. So if I would recommend, you know, looking at our Instagram or my Instagram and then seeing what I wrote about the books, but here's what I want to say. They are mystery thrillers, basically. They're set in British Columbia and what I loved especially is book number two was set in Detroit. And of course, I'm a Michigander. So I loved that it was set in Detroit. That was great. And Nora works for, in the opening book, Nora works for these two guys who are partners. And she's kind of like a receptionist, but she's a researcher. And she kind of helps with the one who's a kind of a private investigator. So she's kind of a jack of, or Jill of all trades, as they say. Well, She's indigenous. She was raised in foster care. She lived on the streets of East Vancouver, and that's where she's comfortable. I love coming up with words to describe her because Mm -hmm. she is the most unique female series character that I know. I mean, seriously, like I am obsessed with her. She is fearless, relentless, unorthodox, guarded, cruel at times, Mm -hmm. She loves her stray dog, Whisper, 
And Whisper is a lot like Nora. Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. And what I find really fascinating about Nora and the series is that when I was reading a lot of the reviews in Goodreads, some people say that Nora is unlikable. They couldn't get through the book. I mean, not. A, I don't think a lot couldn't finish, but a fair number said they did not finish. Hmm. And I think, well, I mean, she's, I don't think of her as not or is unlikable. But do you remember what you just said to me recently when we, you and I were chatting, what you said about Nora, which I thought was hilarious. Do you remember what you said about her, about encountering her on the street? Oh, yeah, that I would be terrified. She scares <laughs> the shit out of me. And I would avoid, I would physically avoid her. Yeah. And I told yeah. you, yeah, if I saw her on the streets, I would cross over to yeah. the other side and I would jaywalk. I would almost get hit by a car. I would just yeah. do the same thing. Because she is, she is an amazing female, and I don't even want to say flawed character because I don't even know, like flawed is too mild a word. She's really yeah. a damaged person. She is, yeah. But I love her and I am just absolutely obsessed. And one of the things, yeah. um, one of the thing, I, one of the things I'm really excited about is you and I are going to be interviewing Sheena Kamal, the author, yep. and that interview will be out before Christmas. And I am going to be totally fangirling. Yep, me too. Yeah. And you started it by telling me about it. And I'm just so thankful that you yep. shared that with me because seriously, I'm obsessed. So thank you yeah. for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. I think I heard, I found her through uh, my beloved Sheila Rogers, I think did an interview with her. And that's, that's how I found out about her books and picked them up and instantly loved them. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, so that is my book number one or my actually series that I wanted to talk about. So yeah, yeah that's a good cheat. That's a good okay. cheat. Thank oh, yeah. you. I'll let you get away with that. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. My book number two is A Lesser Known Monsters of the 21st Century by Kim Fu. So this book has been shortlisted for the Giller Prize this year, mm -hmm. which we find out on the 7th, so in uh, next week, uh, who the winner is. I just finished this one, I think about a week ago. Loved it. It is a collection of weird, bizarre, and sometimes horrific short stories like there are times when I yes this book did freak me out a little bit Rebecca when I was mm -hmm. reading it like the the tension in some of the stories because it she deals with themes of death and technological consequences guilt and sexuality in ways that you are they surreal they're set realistically but there's elements of them that are just fantastical does mm -hmm. that make sense yeah yeah and so what I also found really because I thoroughly enjoyed this collection of short stories they are a little weird a little bizarre and it made me think because I had attempted to read a collection of short stories last year I can't remember the book name the title mm -hmm. that were very strange and I couldn't finish them like they were really weird and I'm like I'm not into it I think I read maybe 40 pages and went, I'm done. So mm -hmm. I'm, it made me wonder, I'm like, what made me stop reading that book? But I continued this book and finished it and loved it. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is, is that uh, Kim Fu's writing is she's brilliant, but she writes with heart 
and you get this sense of connection to humanity, if that is, or to the human condition, that's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Like that, even though her character is about to be engulfed by a gelatinous sea monster, <laughs> which Sorry. I am, it's, I know it sounds like so bizarre. I'm like, that's not happening to me and it's not going to happen to most of us. But that same character who's questioning a choice that she's made, a life choice, we've all questioned life choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So there, there's circumstances that, that her characters are in we can't always relate to, but their emotional state and life state we often can. And that's what I think she brings to these stories that makes them more accessible. So are the stories... But, okay, how much am I trying to say? Is yeah. there sort of like a a flow to the stories so that they make sense that this all of these individual stories in this collection make sense for this collection? Yes. Okay. Like, I don't know, is there a common, common theme? I, I don't really know about that, but they all make sense. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the book. I borrowed it from the library. So I wish I had the book here, but I was, I'm even trying to think there was one book in which this married couple are able to kill each other (laughs) and they have like 20 hours in which they can do something to the body. I can't remember. And the part, their partner comes back to life. Hmm. You know what I mean? So they get like, I'm really annoyed with you right now. (laughs) <laughs> Bam. And then and then you have 20 hours without your spouse. Hmm. And then the spouse comes back. Now, because it's up for the giller, it is mm-hmm. it is on the short list. How yes. do you and I don't think you've read I think you've only read Have you read any other I of have the read, short list? No. I've read okay. two others that are on the long list, but I've not read any of the short list at once. This is my only one. So I don't have a good standard by which to make a choice, yeah. but I would love for this book to win. Oh, okay. Yes. So it's yeah. that, so it's oh, that yeah. good. Excellent. I love this book. And I read another book of hers a couple of years ago, which I think was called the girls of camp forevermore, mm-hmm. something like that. And a, that one, again, I loved. And that was about a, a group of teen girls that are at summer camp and get lost in the woods, like separate it from their group leader and lost in the woods for a period of time. And they have to find their way out. And it's uh, she's a great writer. Well, that really sounds, I mean, it's fascinating to, oh, yeah, yeah, that, and especially that you're ranking it high enough that it, you'd like to see it win. So that's really, that speaks volumes. So, Oh yeah. She's a, wow. uh, I have here, she's uh Born in Vancouver, BC, to immigrant parents from Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Yep. Now living in Seattle. All right. Well, thank you. Um, that yeah. is a really, that's an excellent. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, yeah. we just we read really good stuff. We do, we do. I highly recommend this one. This is like, uh, and I am new to really enjoying short stories. It's taken me a while to get there, and this one I would recommend anyone. It's a great one. I feel the same way about short stories. Yeah, yeah. I feel exactly yeah. the same way. Yeah. Okay. So my number two book that okay. I read that it's funny too, because I read it and I really liked it. I mean, I really liked it, 
But then the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And then I was kind of obsessed. So then I had to look up an interview with the author because I thought I need to know a lot more about this book. I did saw a fantastic interview and just this author just blows my mind. Anyway, it is The Rabbit Hutch by Tess Gunty. And The Rabbit Hutch is one of the National Book Award finalists. And I have never, I've never really read the National Book long or short list. I just, I don't know. I I think they're, I often think they're kind of over my head and I'm not going to get it. Or they just are things where I go like, yeah, it doesn't sound that interesting. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, you all are reading the Giller books and all this other stuff, the Booker Prize, and I have to stop being such a, a wimp about this. So that's why I decided <laughs> to really look at the shortlist uh, for the National Book Awards, which I think is announced on November 16th, I think. But anyway... So this was the one of the five that grabbed my interest first. And I'm going to read just the little short Goodreads um, statement, or I mean the little preface thing about it. But it says, The Rabbit Hutch is a stunning debut novel about four teenagers recently aged out of the state foster care system, living together in an apartment building in the post-industrial Midwest, exploring the quest for transcendence and the desire for love. So right away... I love this idea that these are foster kids that have mm-hmm. aged out. I love that it's post-industrial Midwest, which is kind of my own personal experience here in um, the Flint, Michigan area. But that to me totally does not describe that book at all. So weird. I know it is. And, yeah. and I read it thinking I knew, I kind of thought, oh, I know where this book is going to go and yeah. it does not go there. So here's what I would say about it. It's about... Yes, this this young woman, Blandine, and these three guys, all four of them have aged out of foster care. They meet up with each other, and they do get an apartment in this kind of crumbling old apartment complex that they call, colloquially, they call it the rabbit hutch because you can imagine like all these people, mm-hmm. sort of low-income, underemployed people living in this cramped place that's kind of falling apart. And... The Oh, and the book opens, let me just say this, with a quote uh, from the, the documentary Roger and Me, where this woman had been talking about the rabbits, and she kind of talks about the violence of rabbits, like in the opening, you know, um, uh, very beginning of the book, mm-hmm. uh, just like a quote, and that kind of set me on edge because I was like, wait a minute. So it's called the rabbit hutch. All these people are cramped together, living together. And now they're talking about violence. Like, yeah. what am I getting myself into? Yeah. And I just want to say there are other characters. There are so many characters in this book and they all play a really important role in the overall story. And that's why I don't think of this book as just this Blandine and these three guys, but there's a, a, um, a lonely older woman who, uh, who monitors the comments on online obituaries. And interestingly, the author in the interview said that was actually the first character she had written. It was that character that she wrote before Blandine, even though Blandine's kind of the main character. I thought that was fascinating. There's a new mother who is scared to look at her babies into her baby's eyes because the baby's eyes seem possessed or something to her. Like there's something she can't look her baby in the eyes. And this is a newborn. Yeah. And then there's an old actress and her son, and all, and there are many other characters. But there's all these characters that play a really in, uh, important role in the overall story. And it's set in this 
uh, called Vacavale in Indiana, and this car company had left a million years ago, and everybody's living a really hard scrabble life, and just these are people who will always live in poverty. They're all just kind of going nowhere, and the book ends in a an explosion of violence, and there is hope at the end. Good, good. I like but, a little hope. But I, when I, if you go and read my. Uh, post in on my Instagram, I said, I think I'm either too old or too jaded or something to to sort of feel the hope of it all. But I don't want that to turn anyone off because that's just me. That's just, I'm older and I'm, <laughs> I'm just You're like, there I, is no hope. I hate to say it, but, but I kind of living in the US right now, the way things are, I kind of feel like, oh, there's no hope. But so don't let that affect you. But this book, the the more I thought about it, and especially after listening to the author talk about it, yeah. I think it took her like 10 years to write this book because wow. anyway, there's a long story about it, but it was really fascinating. And so um, anyway, I highly, highly recommend this book. And initially when I read it, I thought, well, this seems like a reasonable uh, effort in terms of winning the National Book Award. Like I haven't yeah. read the other four. You know, I hadn't read the other four. This was my first yeah. one. But I was like, yeah, I, I can see this one. It has a lot to say about the, the human condition and the way that probably the majority of people in the United States live. Honestly, hmm. that's how I feel. So, well, I shouldn't say the majority, but a a – a large percent of Americans, I think, live like this. So, okay, that's okay. that's it. So, can I ask you one question, which sure. you may not be able to answer? Mm -hmm. So, in the description that you read, it said the quest for transcendence. What do you think is meant by that? I guess what I would think of as transcendence is maybe. Though I guess, boy, that's a great question. So, just off the top of my head, I kind yeah. of feel a. Like it might be getting out of the circumstances in which they live, because like I say, all of them are in this place that they may feel that they will get out of it eventually. Yeah. But I look at it and I think I know, and I've worked with a lot of people like this, you know, I see people like this in the public library for many years, people who live on the edge who maybe they hope they're going to transcend where they are but they don't. Yeah. So maybe because there is hope at the end in the story, maybe that is, that is it. that's the transcendence maybe. Yeah. That's a great question. Do the question, characters though. have hope or do you think the reader is just left with hope? Boy, that's Sorry, a really great question. Sorry, yeah. I'm going deep and I haven't even, yeah. I have not read this book just putting it out there, but I really want to. I remember how it ends, but I don't remember if, it's the character or if it's the reader who has hope. That's awesome. That's a great question. So, okay. So now everybody is really going to be required to read this book. And, yeah, yeah. and again, when I looked at reviews, some people just went, I can't, I can't, I couldn't read this, but I think, no, I, I love this book. And as I said, the more I thought about it, the more I loved it. Yeah. 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 I remember as you were reading it, you kept kind of updating me. <laughs> Sorry. Just going, oh, I'm no, no, I enjoyed it. You're like, oh, I'm loving it. Oh, it's gotten really violent. I'm not sure if you should read this. Oh my God, it's I such know. a good. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh no, I'm reading this. I'm like, <laughs> that's right. I remember that because I kind of, it, right away, I was like, oh, you have to read this. And then I was like, mm, I don't know if you're going to like this. And so, yeah. yeah, it's it's a wild ride, but I think it's just, and it, and it covers the course of, 
I think it's a week. And I think it covers only mm. like a week, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. You I I know you. I think you will love this book. Yep. Yeah, I'm reading it. Okay. My last choice is a book that we have both read. Oh. Yes. I am bringing Starling by Kirsten oh. Cram. Yeah. I know. So we um Rebecca and I both received this book from the author maybe a couple of months ago, was it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I just finished reading it two days ago. It is an independently published book, so you can, but you can purchase it through Amazon. Oh my gosh, I love this book, Rebecca. I wanted to text you, but then I'm like, no, I'm going to leave it for tonight <laughs> to tell you like how much I love this book. I loved it too. Yeah. So quick little synopsis. Just Alice Quinn, who I believe is about 10 years old, and her mother move from a very small town in BC to an even more remote uh, area of BC, where she befriends Remy, a young boy, her classmate. And basically, they help each other navigate what is a hostile environment Mm -hmm. for both of them, I would say. She, in that her mother is uh, negligent, almost Mm -hmm. at times just frustratingly absent, uh, with a seriously dangerous boyfriend at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remy comes from an abusive household with his father and brother and his mother has passed away and then school is just a oh and I should say this is set in 1976 in the 70s anyways Mm -hmm. Um, school is just a free-for-all for for these poor children (laughs) so I think the only thing that gets them through it is their beautiful friendship Mm -hmm. and Alice's belief in magic which I loved yeah Yep. So this is I big fairy tale vibes from this one, which I really enjoyed. Um, in many ways, in that I found that their story kind of paralleled Hansel and Gretel, but with a witch in the woods who ends up being Madame Voisin, who is actually a witch, a good witch, not the witch that you expect or that the townspeople put her out to be. So I loved that. And okay. Then, can I, can I yeah. interrupt for a second and just Please say do. what a dunce I am. I did not even get that vibe. I mean, I, I like, like you, I said, Oh, it's yeah. very much like a fairy tale. I didn't think about Hansel and Gretel and the witch for God's sakes, but it's so obvious. It, it just came to me this morning <laughs> as I was like writing a little note. I was like, Oh, I'm like, like Hansel and Gretel and, and the witch. And I'm like, cause she's even her, I don't want to go too far. Cause I would yeah. love for everyone to like go support this uh, young author and like yes. new author and buy her book and read it. And yeah, like it's, it's beautiful. It's a great little, and then the characterizations also remind me of other characters of, of rolled doll characters hmm. in the sense. So the teacher who is, Miss Ms. Kemp. She's horrible. Mm-hmm. She's a horrible uh, teacher that no one would want their children near at all. And then there's the shopkeeper, Olga Redchenko, also known as the warden. So from the two of them, even I got like the, uh, uh, I'm thinking of the book. Is it Madeline? Is it Madeline? There was a movie made out of, mm-hmm. you know, the little girl who believe, has 
has magical powers and the teachers are all covered in warts and stuff. It's Oh yeah. Yeah, so I got a loved this book. It was the witches, yep. right? Wasn't it the witches? Was it the witches? No, it wasn't. Nope, no, that's not. Okay. All right. Uh, that's not Matilda. Oh, Matilda. Oh, Matilda, yes, yes, yes. That's uh, the one I'm okay. thinking of. It could have yeah. been the witches also. The witches yeah. I haven't read though, but Matilda's okay. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is just, it was such a delightful, delightful, but also sad. It had, it's, it's not an easy book at times to read because of the, uh, circumstances that the children sometimes find themselves in. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm going to read this little part here. Uh, Remy says to Alice, Alice, you think everything is magic. Alice responds, I don't know if I really think it or not, but I need to believe in the possibility of it. I need to believe there could be magic in this world. Otherwise, I don't know how I could bear it. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. I absolutely love that book. And interestingly, I almost had that on my list. In fact, I had that on my list until a couple of days ago. Uh, and then I, another book that I just finished kind of bumped it off. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you talked about it. I thought there was a chance that you might bring it also, but I'm like, Oh, I'm going to take the chance. I was going to text (laughs) you and I'm like, no, no, let's, I like the surprise part of it. And I'm like, if we choose the same book, that'll be a fun surprise too. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to know what this, your third book is. Okay, so I did a post this week because I knew that I wanted to talk about it today. And so I, but I, I always post after I finish a book, I post. And so I did make, I did one with a little um, hourglass and said, I have to wait because I was not allowed to say anything to you about this book. So here it is. Uh, It is another, okay, so let me just say real quickly. So I did read the sec, a second book for the National Book Award and I did post about it on Instagram and I did not care for the book and nothing wrong with that. Millions and millions of people love it. I just didn't care for it. That was my second book. This is book number three that is up for the National Book Award. And the other two, I probably probably won't be able to get them before the award comes out. But it is The Haunting of Haji Hotak and Other Stories by Jamil John Kochai. Oh. And it is a collection of short stories. Nice. Yeah. And so I, that's why it was so funny when you said that about you're just now kind of getting more into short stories. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. I mean, yeah. I, I've never read them my whole life, really. And now all of a sudden I've read quite a few and I've really enjoyed them. And I couldn't, I did put a hold on the audio book as well as the ebook and the audio book came in first. And so I said, hmm, you know what? I'm not really a good audio book person because I do get distracted but I thought I'm going to go ahead and give it a try. Well, the actors who, cause they have male and female actors that are reading the stories. Um, they, I mean, they read like a male read the first story and then the female did the second one or whatever, but they are brilliant. They are so talented. I could not get over how beautifully they read these stories. I mean, they were yeah. just incredible. Now I will say I am planning to buy the book and I'm going to read it because I am a visual person. And while I really enjoyed listening to it, I feel like there's so much more I would have gotten out of the book if I could have it in front of me. I'm just a visual learner Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I need that. But this book, I'm going to read a couple of just little blurb things that I found about it. 
And I think, I think some of it, I think it kind of came from um, Goodreads, I think, but it starts out where it just says Jamil John Kochai breathes life into his contemporary Afghan characters, exploring heritage and memory from the homeland to the diaspora in the United States in the spiritual and physical lands, these unforgettable characters inhabit. Now it did also say that, um, Kochai was born in an Afghan refugee camp in Peshawar, Pakistan, but he originally hails from Logar, Afghanistan. His short stories and essays have appeared in the New, York, New Yorker, the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, etc. He has quite a, a pedigree in terms yeah. of his writing. So I don't know. I I, I kind of was thinking about, have I read much about Afghanistan? And I don't think I have. And so one of the things I loved about it is that a lot of this is about the time frame that Russia and the United States were kind of playing, you know, playing a war in Afghanistan and you get to really understand what the characters went through when maybe they were in Afghanistan or when they get to the United States and they um, start to live their lives here. And it was, I, I just, felt a real sense of the culture of the people of the triumphs and the uh, tragedies that they experienced. Now, some people said that the stories were very uneven, that they didn't really necessarily feel the book overall had a lot of strength, which I disagree with. There wasn't a story that I didn't find absolutely fascinating, but I want to highlight three of them. If, if anyone is out there and going has either read it or going to read it. There's one called Return to Sender about two doctors who are, well, I'm trying to think if they were both born in Afghanistan or if just one was, but they had lived in the United States, but they came back and they were going to spend a year in Afghanistan. And I'm not going to say a whole lot more, much more than that, other than it is Return to Sender. They receive a box. Each of them, they have boxes delivered to them. And what's in the boxes in that whole story is just in uh, like, yeah, it's really disturbing. There's another one called Hungry Ricky Daddy about a young man who is going to, who is um, doing a, uh, uh, he's doing a starvation uh, thing for, to protest. And that story just like, because I started thinking about the, Back in the, I think it was like in the seventies when there were Irish uh, IRA members that were starving themselves, and they actually did die. I just so I was thinking about that a lot when I was reading that story. So that one was just a real gut punch. And then there was one that I loved so much because of the style in which it was written. And this is why I want to physically read the book and see it on the page. It's called Occupational Hazards, and basically it is this young man telling the story of his father's life in resume format. Oh. So it literally starts out like in, you know, from 1962 to 1965, shepherd. And here were all the duties of a shepherd. And and it just went through his entire life. And I needed to, I heard it, but I need to see it on the page. You know what I mean? And I thought, what a brilliant short story that is. Ah, I loved that one. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, having only read three out of the five, yeah. right now this is my front runner. And I still have the other two to go. But to me, I think this young author – oh, and the other, oh, one other thing I want to say about it. The other part that I loved is that while 
Russia and the United States were huge players in in this whole story. Mm-hmm. They were really relegated to the sort of the back end of it all. And really what it is, is it's the people and their lives and the results of, of war, but that it isn't about the U S and it isn't about Russia. It is about the people of Afghanistan. And I just, Oh my God, I love this book. Yeah. I have to read that one too. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, I've never listened to an audio book of short stories. Mm Mm-hmm. How did you find that as a listening experience? Well, I really loved it because because I'm not a an uh, oral learner. I loved it because the stories were short. Mm-hmm. One of them actually was a 90 minute story, so that one was the longest. But some of them were okay. they were like 15, 20, 25 minutes. Oh yeah. So it was great to be able to just you know before I went to bed at night or whatever, or in in the car, I could listen to it about a half hour at a time, and so I would listen to a story and then stop. So I was really immersed in that story, and then the next one would start. But I wouldn't. I I never. The, the one that was ninety minutes, I ended up cutting that one off in the middle and had to come back to it. But that's because I couldn't stop listening, and finally I was like, I'm falling asleep, and I'm gonna have yeah. to like I I've got to go to sleep. Yeah. But the other ones I was able to really listen to and absorb that individual story. And again, he had male readers, he had female readers, and I just think they did such a spectacular job. And these are, you know, none of these stories. Oh, and it's funny too. This is, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to tell you. You will love it because there are some laughs in this story. Like oh, you will love that part of it. Yeah. Because you always do mention that when you read a book, I if it has humor in it. Nice little humor. Yeah. And so it has some, definitely some funny things in it. And and actually, um, there's a lot of uh, Sacramento in the Sacramento area, which is where I lived mm. for 20 years. And so I, when he started mentioning like little towns in the area and different things, you see Davis and, and yeah. it's anyway, I just love that. Cause I was like, Oh, it's kind of like reading like a little bit about home to me. Yeah. So that was, I love that too. But yeah, it's got some humor, but it's some serious topics. It's some horrific things that happen but it's the it's the the people and the resiliency of these people in these stories that you just kind of go Fudge, I don't know how people do it yeah, yeah. I lo- absolutely loved it and again some people said the stories were inconsistent I didn't feel that at all I loved every one of the stories yeah awesome that's it so that is what we've read in the past month so yeah it's a good reading month yeah. And I just want to throw out too, that we are going to have Tara do kind of like a holiday reading options or choices or whatever. And since I'm not a, a holiday reader, it's all going to be, I will be questioning Tara about her holiday reading. And I think that'll be a really fun one for people too. I think it will be too. I've already started to think about what I'm going to read in December. So. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, thanks for listening and happy reading. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading. <laughs>